Ross, and it was Daniel. Oh, what a ball! Pajero! Oh, you beauty! I think it's all over. It is now. It's four. Welcome back to episode 10 of The Drop Ball. Now, we have tried to record this episode two times prior, so we have been trying to get content out for you guys. We've had some technical issues, so don't think that your favourite four are leaving you. We're here. Um, and, yeah, we want to jump straight into Champions League. Games took place this week, and it's wrapped all the groups up. I want to start off with Group A. Obviously, PSG topping it at 16 points, didn't lose a game. How impressed have you guys been with them? Finally looked like a, a well-rounded, well-balanced team when they brought in Idrissa Gay. You know, they've got Mbappe up front, a solid defence now, and uh, they give uh, Real Madrid a couple of decent games, obviously the 3-0 and then the uh, 2 all draw. And, you know, I know we say it every year, but PSG actually look a decent Champions League outfit now. Yeah, really I, a big win last night, didn't they? Yeah, and obviously the, the game that really like tore that group apart was the first encounter they had with Madrid at the Parc de France. Uh, the fullbacks for me, Munier and Bernat, there's often question over them, but in this one, um, unreal, weren't they, lads? I think it's really good the attacking out, but both of them give. I know that defensively they're a bit bit weary at times they can be caught out especially Munier's not the fastest but their attacking up is amazing especially how easily they counted a bit out against Real Madrid yeah and I think that Real, from Real Madrid their past you know their last five games has been you know two draws three losses um, not in any particular order but I think that against PSG at home at the Bernabeu they deserve to win that one PSG can count themselves fortunate to get a draw away which Tuchel will be you know delighted with but Real Madrid I watched all the game and Benzema really led the line well. Valverde was a really like, just like a, br- a breath of fresh air in that midfield, and they really needed that with Kroos and Modric aging out. Kroos also had a very good game, and they pretty much, you know, they they manhandled Icardi to perfection until right until the end when they took him off, and then they brought on the likes of Sarabia who stretched the game. Um, and then for the other two sides in the fifth uh, match week, obviously Bruges went away to Galatasaray quite a heated game in that one there was two red cards right at the dying embers but they never really caused a threat and I don't really think any of us expected it did we lads? No I mean to be honest looking at this group it seemed kind of obvious from day one the two teams that we're going to be going through to the next stage of the Champions League and I think Bruges versus Galatasaray was the only was the only game of real any importance to see who'd get to the Europa League and I'm quite surprised personally that Club Bruges were the team that got through out of the two of them I thought Galatasaray a more the more known force on the European stage and seeing Bruges in the Europa League might be a nice a quite a nice change of pace. Yeah and I think Personally, you know, people have their questions over PSG with the spending, you know, the French Man City, some people say. But I'd like to see them do, you know, go a bit further in this year's Champions League. There's always been that sort of block, you know, they get to the quarterfinals max and that's when they they head out. We all remember when Emery was in charge, they lost, you know, that massive lead against Barcelona, Sergio Roberto getting the goal. And I'm a fan of Thomas Tuchel and I'd really like to see him uh, take PSG to the semis, if not further. I think they could challenge for it. I think that a lot of this PSG team might be having their last season in France this year as well. There's obviously a lot of talk of people like Neymar moving to potentially Liverpool, which I don't think is where it's going to go. But Mbappe's always been talked about. Cavani's always been talked about, especially with a lot of the new attacking talent they always want. So I think if they're ever going to push for Champions League, it is this season to do it. Yeah. And I think they are almost an underdog, which is mad to say about PSG, considering how much money they've got and how expensive their front line is. But I think out of the major European clubs, they are the underdog in the bit in that I've 
out of this and I think they are a team that I think they're definitely going to at least make the semi-finals this year yeah and for player of the group I want to start off by saying Angel Di Maria he's proved it proven himself against his former club Real Madrid um, was you know quintessential in that home win uh, and his form this year has been incredible to say he's 31 uh, people might have written him off after his time at Man U and for PSG he's, he's been unreal I think that typical front three as well, he's always the most underrated one when you look at Neymar, Mbappe and Di Maria, everyone always thinks he's the weak link out of the three of them. But he's clearly shown in qualification in, uh, in the group stage this, this time around that he's not the weak link in the three. And if anyone's going to be dropped, it isn't him. He's really trying to fight for his place in the starting 11 and it seems to be doing really well for him. Is that who your player of the uh, yeah. group is? I'd probably go over Cardi. Okay. And um, he's got five goals, he's led the line, you know, in the absence of Neymar for quite a few of the games and uh, Cavani as well. And I think he's really taken a grasp of that number nine jersey and has led the line well, especially in the games like the must-win games against Bruges and Galatasaray. Joe? Yeah, I'd go Cardi as well. It's always important. I know we say, oh, Real are the big threats um, or would have been PSG's big opponents in this situation, but Nathan's right. You need to grind out them results against the lower teams who maybe maybe just want it sometimes a bit more because they know that they do need results, even draws, to try and get into the Europa League spot. And I think Icardi definitely was essential to grinding out results. Yeah, and obviously only conceding two as well, so fair play to them. Now, a team that scored plenty of goals is in Group B, and it's Bayern Munich. They topped the group with 18 points, winning all six. Tottenham came in second with 10 points. You had Olympiacos on four and Red Star Belgrade on three. Um, for me, coming into it, I was expecting those two sides to go through. I actually fancied Spurs potentially to win it, um, just because I thought that Bayern were an unknown quantity with Pavard and Hernandez and Cuisance and these sort of signings they made in the summer. It's not kind of like Galactico signings. It was more younger talents that they're going to develop that are there for the future. Now, Spurs got off to a bad start, didn't they? I think it was it away to Olympiacos. They drew 2-2. Away, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think they had a result away at maybe Red Star as well. Oh, I might be wrong, but um, they, it wasn't as plain sailing for Spurs because, admittedly, they, they scored 18 goals, which is a great return. It's more than PSG scored, but they conceded it uh, 14. So Obviously, half of them coming in that mad game at uh, the Spurs Stadium back in October against Munich. 10 out of the 14 were conceded to Bayern Munich as well. So yeah. they conceded still four, mate, you could argue, four goals to two teams who they are leagues above probably shouldn't have um, occurred. It's worrying, isn't it? When you come up against the elite opponents, if that's what they're, you know, how they're performing in the last 16, you, who they get drawn against could be massive because, you know, as, they've got Mourinho, but, uh, so he'll fancy his chances. But like we say, conceding uh, 10 to Bayern alone. Bayern walked all over him as well. La- was it last night? I think it was last night. Yeah. yeah. To be yeah, fair, but- Mourinho did field a weakened squad, but... I mean, still, yeah, still. Um, I think I do think that considering they are the runners-up currently of the Champions League, they are one of the weakest teams to get through to qualification. Yeah, and I think that game against Olympiacos at home highlighted that. Yes, they have the resilience to come back. Mourinho's reinstilled that in them, but they were down. I think it was two nil, and having to make that change where Dyer came off, Spurs looked really, really vulnerable. Um, But I think I don't know if you can argue differently. I think there's two players that you'd have to pick from this group. I'm going to go Lewandowski, but I want to give a mention to Serge Gnabry, yeah. who will probably... I think that's the same as what we're all yeah. going to say. Yeah, yeah we're going all... Yeah. We're 10 goals is... In, what I think he played... Was it? Did he play all the games or did he... Uh, he played five of the games. Mad, in it? Yeah. I think... As I was questioning the depth that Bayern had going into this as well. They've only got one 
world-class striker in Lewandowski. They've not really got a backup for him unless they're going to play someone out of position and play like a winger up front. So I was almost concerned that if he gets injured, that he they're going to be screwed. But he's been in the form of, of his life, really, hasn't he? Yeah. And he just seems to get better with age. So it's quite insane to say that I think they might be one of the favourites right now. Yeah. Considering they've not got that much depth. Yeah. I mean, I'll see really upsetting to see Kingsley Coman got a really bad injury as well last night he just can't seem to get the rub of the green this lad but hopefully he'll come back for the last 16 um, and show us you know what talent he does have because he's shown that in glimpses at Juve and PSG and now at Bayern as well um, Group C was obviously topped by Man City coming into this you'd say that they probably had one of the more favourable groups they had Atalanta they do don't they <laughs> their, their best mate Shakhtar Donetsk and Dinamo Zagreb should have been six wins really shouldn't it if you look at that group for a team like Man City yeah they should be um Obviously, won four, drew two, um, only conceding four, which is you know a plus as well. I thought, for me, I kept coming into this, I really wanted Atalanta to do something, and they have managed to go through with just one point above Shakhtar and seven points. I'm delighted because uh, Gasparini's men last year, one of my favourite sides to watch, along with the likes of Leipzig and Lyon. Um, and... Yeah, just really excited to see how they can do because I don't think we're expecting much from them with you know only scoring eight and conceding twelve. They could get ripped apart by you know Barcelona or Bayern Munich, but you know we got to give them a chance and hopefully Luis Muriel and when Zapata comes back as well, Gomez, Ilicic will be exciting to watch and I think it should put them more on a on a pedestal. You know, people, more people to see what what quality they have. I think that is. I know that Man City have drawn too, but they have played quite a lot of weakened sides in this t- in the qualification stage because they have had obviously such bad opponents in a way. Like sorry to say to say bad things about Donetsk and Zagreb, but they are a lot weaker opponents than other clubs. Um, so they have fielded a lot of their almost second team. Like they've played Phil Foden a lot. Should still be good enough to but they beat should these sides. Say, they should Hayes still be guaranteed. If you're wins. still playing Sterling for all of your games, Jesus for five of your games, it's still you're playing a, t- a side which shouldn't be drawing these no. games they should definitely be putting in a better shift I honestly think that, that I would put money on Man City to win the entire tournament personally only because only because for the main reason of they've already lost the league there's no way they can catch up in the league I don't the even one, think Pep believes the one that thing that Pep hasn't the one thing that Pep hasn't won with Man City is the Champions League didn't he come out last week and say that he, he, I swear I saw somewhere that he came out and said um, his players might not be able to keep up with other world class teams yeah he, he did that, say that yeah like I from how they've been performing in the league when they've got a full strength squad as you say I don't see any reason why they'd win the Champions League the one concern would be is the defensive issues I think if they can get Laporte back quickly then they've got a chance they've got a chance with it but without his leadership and his insane talent I don't think they're going to have much of a chance but I think if if he can get back fit before the last 16 starts then they might be ever since they burst onto the Champions League scene they Everyone's always pushed for them to do really well, and uh, they always always blitz the groups. And then once it comes to the crunch stage, they always seem to let themselves down at the crucial moments. That's why I think that this could be a different season because usually, obviously, they're trying to focus on. They always want to win everything. Man City, they want to win the league, they want to win both cups, and they want to watch out win the Champions League. And they always seem to drop off them in one of them, which is the, usually the Champions League. This year, I think it's going to be different. I don't. I can't see them any. I can't see any of them being able to catch up with Liverpool in the champ in the uh, Premier League. I think if they're going to win any any big trophy, it's the Champions League. So I think Pep will be focusing all of his efforts now they're out of the group yeah. on this tournament. Uh, obviously, shout out to the other two. The valiant effort, but just there's not enough quality. I mean, there was that great goal from Danny Olmo last night, mm-hmm. worth a mention. But uh, player of the group? Sterling. <coughs> five, I think five goals and two assists. Yeah, I don't think you can go far wrong with yeah, Sterling. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Sterling, Jesus, both worthy yeah. of shouts. Um, group D, 
Juventus topped that one um, and Atletico came in second. That was all up for grabs after Bayer Leverkusen won away at Moscow in the fifth round of fixtures. It meant that Leverkusen were home to Atletico. Oh, was it Juventus? Ooh. What? What? Last uh, night. Last Bayer night, Bayer were at home against Juventus. Juventus yeah. yeah, obviously got to about 75th minute, um, still nil-nil. But Ronaldo came along, then Higuain scored 92nd minute. Juventus were already through, but it was as a throw of the dice whether Atletico or Bayer Leverkusen would go through. On the grand scheme of things, I think if you lose four games as Bayer did, you don't really deserve to go through. Um, but Atletico, I, I think both of these sides, Juve and Atletico, I don't know how far they'll get. Um, I think Sarri's got great uh, quality at his disposal at Juve, but isn't getting the best out of him. And Ronaldo's goals, as much as he scored last night, they have dried up. His expected goals have dropped massively. And it's more so on Dybala to get those, you know, to carry them, which he's doing at the minute. I said Dybala's been my player of a group yeah, recently. So. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with that. We'll, we'll <laughs> establish agree. that Consensus. now. Do you want to you know, talk about any of the other sides? I was going to just say quickly on Juve, I think Sarri has been brought in to try and win the Champions League. It, they've not, when was the last time, do you remember the last time that Juve won? I think it was about 2005. I think it's before they got dropped down into Serie B for a few years. So this team has been, the one thing they've not won in recent memory is the Champions League. And I think it's the one thing missing from a lot of the players' trophy cabinet. So I think I'd love to see it happen. Just so I, I think I think they are one of the better teams in Europe, but I do not think that they're going to do it this year. Just to mention to Atletico Madrid, in, in years gone past, they've made it obviously all the way to the final, but I don't think they're strong enough these days. Obviously, they've got a lot of talented players in that squad, but um, Simeone's been there for quite a long while now, probably, what, five, six, seven years, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's getting on that time. And... The defence is still is still strong, but it's nowhere near as strong as it used to be. And obviously, they just don't score a lot of goals. And I can see them. They often get walked over by the teams that will go out and just press and uh, aggressively attack their back line and they've not really got the answers for it. Yeah, they're averaging like six uh, shots a game in uh, across all competitions. So, you know, you need to be getting more on target if you're playing against somebody like Alisson or Edison. When you look at uh, Atletico over years gone by, they've always had an amazing striker in their team. That was obviously Torres, or Guerrero, Costa at his first run, Falcao. Griezmann. Griezmann. Um, I don't think Jao Felix is ready to be that main player for them yet, and I do, I do not think that uh, Diego Costa is good enough to still be playing for a major club in the Champions League. Marata, also, Morata's yeah. not an amazing option. He, I know his form has got better since his time back at Atletico, but honestly, I, I can't see them getting too far, unfortunately. And as much as I love, I love to watch Atletico play, I don't think they're going to get far. It was also 96 last time um, Juventus won a Champions League. Yeah. So um, it's, been a, it's been a long time. Yeah. Obviously uh, losing out in, was it 2015 in the final against Barca? Yeah. I think, was it? Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. Well, Group E was obviously Liverpool last year's winners. Now, going into the final round of fixtures, they weren't concrete, you know, going through. There was them, uh, themselves, Napoli and Red Bull Salzburg who were all going for it. Salzburg, finished the group with 16 goals scored but obviously conceding 13 as well so that's their issue exciting to watch aren't they yeah as a neutral you you can root that was the team that you'd be rooting for really um you know and it's come out today is it that minamino's agreed to go to liverpool rumors have it yeah he's uh minamino's got a release clause of 7.25 million in his contract and have two standout performances against liverpool apparently they've already paid that so we should be seeing an announcement potentially in about uh, 18 days time on the 1st of january 
I'll be excited to see how, how he does in the Premier League. When they came to Anfield, he was bright, a very bright spark. Obviously, Haaland gets all the all the plaudits, but him and Huang as well, they're, you know, and that's without even look, analysing their defence, you know, or the midfield, which probably do deserve a shout-out. Um, I'd love, personally as well, just to touch on the Minamino transfer, I'd love if he, he doesn't join until next year. I know, that obviously, it's going to sound a bit silly going into the Europa League, and they will become Man United's, uh, again, an opposition for Man United. Which is which does obviously affect me being a Man United fan, but I would love to see Minamino stay for, at Salzburg for the Europa League run. I'd love to see how far they could potentially get there. Yeah, well, a couple of years ago, they got to semi-finals, didn't they? They were knocked out by was it Marseille? Um, but Napoli in this one, watertight at the back, conceding four. Their issue really was scoring goals. They managed to get four last night against Genk, who started the youngest ever goalkeeper to play in the Champions League, uh, and he had a torrid start. Tried to sort of turn his way out of two forwards and Milik was there, got his first goal of a hat-trick. Um, Liverpool, their main issue for me has been scoring, uh, conceding goals, sorry, they've conceded eight and uh, that's what put their, you know, their first place position into doubt it going into the final game. Obviously fended off Red Bull Salzburg with a clean sheet as well, which is credible away from home. Um, but teams will be able to get that back line. They also had the f- they've had that only loss this season in the Champions League. They lost on the first day, the first match week to Napoli two 0 mm-hmm. So I do think that that defense will be a lot. Uh, we pressured a lot more in the Champions League. Unfortunately, I think. I mean, if they face a team like Juventus or Barcelona, I think they could be really pressed. And I would. I don't honestly think they're going to be able to retain this year. For me personally, I can't see them making it too far. I can see them getting to the quarters, and then the amount of games they've been having to play this year catching up to them. I think it'll be big when Fabinho comes back. Comes back in New Year, I think it is. Um, really solidifies that midfield. They're, they've got great works, workmen, as we said on this show before, Henderson, Milner, Vijnaldum, but Fabinho's just that screen in front of the defence, which does add that extra layer of protection. Uh, on Napoli, obviously they got the three wins and the three draws, and you know Ancelotti, it, I know their form has dropped off a big time in the uh, league. I think they sit about six or seven yeah. at the minute. But they've got the results they've needed in the Champions League, and especially after a 4 0 win to to get the sack, is always a, a bit of pill to swallow for any manager because you've done your job, what you've asked, been asked of, and they've got some exciting uh, players like you say, Milik with the hat trick, and then the likes of Mertens, Lozano, Insigne, and obviously a very solid uh, back line as well, uh, Koulibaly and Manolas, uh, expert defenders. Um, obviously. I would have fancied them to go, you know, to the round of uh, last eight, maybe quarterfinals. But losing Ancelotti and then bringing in Gattuso, change of philosophy. It's a bit of a, he's not an uh, exciting output of a manager, really. He doesn't excite in the way he plays or anything, and it might be a, too much of a big task for him to really nail down this team and get them flying. Which that being said, though, I can see him getting the best out of Fabian and Alan. Personally, I can see those two becoming. I think they're already really great midfielders, but I can see those two becoming well, like world-class talents under under his leadership. And I think obviously we know he's more of a defensive manager, and they're already tight sense about partnership of Kulabali and Manolas. I can see improving even more so. It's just if they're going to be able to get the goals from players like Martins and Insigne. Yeah, uh, Group F obviously had, uh, was probably the group of death. You had Barcelona, Dortmund, Inter, and Slavia Prague. Prague were in all fairness they were written off from the start but they gave a good game to Barcelona at home in second to last game but Barcelona did top it they got 14 points now they weren't it wasn't a vintage Barcelona it was nine goals they scored and four conceded 
so a bit tighter at the back but not as many goals as you know we'd associate with a high-flying Barcelona side that's probably a reflection on Valverde's sort of philosophy um, just want to speak about him first you know Barcelona don't seem to want to cut ties with him just yet do you think the end of the season has his name you know will it be over for him I think it will be a lot of the time they don't really like to give they don't uh, fire a manager mid-season they prefer to do it at the end of a season they I don't think they like, ever have yeah, have they? or they haven't done it for it's not in their philosophy amount. to do so so I feel like he'll stay to the end of the season and then they'll reevaluate. If I mean the way he's playing football he's a very defensive manager I could, if they win the Champions League obviously they're not going to sack him so it all depends on results and how things go with the league as well but problem with uh, Barcelona for me is they've obviously lost those creative sparks over recent years Iniesta and Xavi and uh, when they had that front row of Suarez in the prime of his life and then Neymar and Messi and it was uh, exciting and that was sort of moving away from their tiki-taka philosophy and they were still uh, banging goals in and for fun and dominating teams but now under uh, Valverde it's quite the football it's not really exciting enough and there's not really a philosophy in place it's mainly uh, get the ball to Messi watch him do something and I mean it works, but when he's not there, if he's injured or whatever, they really don't have that outlook. Yeah. Um, what did we think to Dortmund's performance? Obviously, scraped through. I mean, yeah, it was three points they had over Inter, but throughout those two were head-to-head, weren't they, for second place? Uh, do you fancy their chances with eight goals scored and eight goals conceded? So, zero goal difference. I love Borussia Dortmund, but I can't see them making it far again. I think it's the same sort of thing as Atletico Madrid. They've got a lot of great players in their, in their team. But at the minute, for something, some reason, just isn't clicking. I think that Lucien Favre is quite an uninspiring manager. Yeah, um, I think he's he, lost. I think he's done all he can with them, really, and, and I don't think he's going to get much further with them. And he often is kind of he. I don't know. He just seems to completely outdo expected goals. Uh, he always like his size. Usually, men have. I don't know. It might be expected goals has him as fifty-seven goals per season in the Bundesliga, but they end up with seventy-two or something like that. He just manages to to do like somehow beat the the old algorithm but um, I think that they need a change of manager there probably at the end of the season because it, it is getting a little bit sour with you know Sancho kicked up a storm um, Hummels' return hasn't really been inspiring you know he had a right you know mare against Barcelona at the new Camp in the second to last game and I was quite disappointed not to see Inter go through to be fair um, those two played out a really exciting game at the Westfalen Stadion but I thought the partnership of Martinez and uh, Lukaku is working treats for Conte's men, but I think he'll probably just sack the Europa League off a little bit when they go into that and just focus on the, the title push because they're top at the minute. Juve slips up at the weekend against Lazio, so Inter have got it all to play for in the Serie A. I'd love to see that, but um, player of the, of the group, it has to be Messi. Today. There's no one else you can even really Definitely, I give shout outs to uh, Sancho and Martinez. Yeah. I think for their teams, they've probably been the standout players. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, you can't really question it, can you? Yeah. So when you've got the greatest of all time playing for your team, it's hard to give anyone else player of a group. Yeah. So Group G, quite a competitive one. No big big names, but we had Leipzig, Leon, Benfica, and Zenit. Now this ended a tight group as well. So Leipzig on eleven, Leon on eight. Benfica and Zenit both on seven, so you know, great efforts from all sides. And there were some games where you you know you'd see Leipzig would get a couple of wins in a row, then they'd lose and they'd draw two, and it's just like you can't call this one. Um, and both these sides, Leipzig and Leon, I've said just 
uh, shortly before. I really enjoy watching them. Leon have dropped down a lot this year since last year, haven't they, Nathan? You know, they've changed manager after they gave it to Silvino. Was it Silvino? Yeah. yeah. And then obviously now they've got Rudy Garcia in who, I said Lucien Favre is uninspiring. I think Rudy Garcia is even more uninspiring. Didn't do a great deal at Marseille. Yes, got into a Europa League final. But I just think that there's no real, you know, what what is his style of play? And with this Leon side, you've got generational talent like Awa, and we've just seen Ndombele go. And, you know, it, for me, it's it, you're kind of wasting those prime years out of these players. Tussar as well. But Leipzig deserved winners for me anyway. Uh, and I'd probably be saying... Forsberg's in with a shout for player of the group, but also you've got Werner, obviously. Uh, I'd go with Memphis Depay. I, re- I really like watching uh, Leon and go Depay scored. I think, apart from a shout against uh, St. Petersburg when they lost 2 0, he scored in every other game. Yeah. Five goals for him. So I think he's really been the main man, the focal point for that team. Yeah. The uh, reason I went Forsberg is because he's more experienced in that side. You've got a very young side and a young coach as well. And I think his international, uh, you know, quality at Sweden, but also how long he's been around, the, you know, in in the game. I think that it's essential to that young side, as I say, and is really helping Nagelsmann uh, generate this, you know, these performances from his side, who could go on and win the the Bundesliga, which would be great for the for the neutral. A lot's been said about Leipzig. Obviously, a lot of a lot of the time they're they're not really a selling club, but they do buy a lot a lot of young players from around Europe. But they do play really exciting football, and I do. I would love to see them go quite far in this tournament. They are such a young team. It would be great to see. Yeah. Uh, so, moving on to Group H. This was the one that had Chelsea in. Your boys. Um, and, you know... Pretty close, didn't you? Pretty we close. did. We did. Obviously, you know, it, it didn't start off well at home to Valencia. We lost that one. And, you know, there was that, obviously, at, at Thriller um, at home to Ajax. Two red cards for Ajax and it was four all. Should have really been five fortunate Nathan, but you know, we'll, we'll cut it out. Uh, <laughs> and then we went away to the Mestalla to play Valencia and we said it on the show, but our hearts, I can only speak for myself, but I'm sure the nodding tells me everything that his was the same and it wasn't enjoyable to watch. But I'd say the most enjoyable game that we, you know, that we played in this group, I'd have to say was away at Ajax. I thought that's when Pulisic really started, you know, taking it up a level. Uh, Bashwai came on and really had an impact as well. And that was the point in the group where I was like, you know what, we can go get through this. Um, but again, Chelsea shaky at the back. Uh, a couple of goalkeeping errors from Kepa, such as against Valencia and against, you could say, against Ajax at home as well. Um, how do you fancy both these sides, you know, doing in the last stages? I fancy cannon fodder. Oh, strong. Personally, personally. I, I fancy if Chelsea get a, a decent draw, I, I do fancy them. They could. I think they've got the attacking prowess to take on any big hitters in Europe. The problem is once they've come across the big teams this season, they've always sort of stumbled and they've been they've been close in the games, but they've never had the final the final uh, t- touch to bring it home. Valencia on the other hand, I think how they've topped the group, I don't know because I thought they were the weakest of the three. I thought Ajax were probably the most exciting team and the best well-balanced team in the group so for them to finish third and Valencia to finish first I think Valencia will get uh, torn apart by a lot of the bigger teams the way they play you know if they came against a Munich or you know uh, a Man City Liverpool I think the front 
lines for them could cause the back four quite a few problems. And I'll see missing Gabriel as well in that next game that they play. A bit of a silly red card to get against Ajax. Um, you know, provoked by Tadic and Adam's getting provoked, so I'm going to pass it on to him. Uh, I would just like to say, I know that you're both Chelsea fans, so your opinion's going to be a bit different, but you are going to get destroyed Mate, in this next stage of the competition. It's just because he doesn't understand Champions no, no, no. League football. No, no, no. I know. No, no. He just doesn't understand it. <laughs> Little Europa there League boy so over there. Many t- Tonight's your who's night, the, Who's right. the current holder of the Europa League, mate? Yeah, and where did that get us? Back to the promised land. And where are you yes, going to get man. next time? Knocked out straight away. You've, been, you've crumbled so many times against against big clubs this season. You, your attacking output Man is great. Man United. Bogey team. 4-0. 4-0, 2-1. Happy days. You're going to get smashed, and I think Valencia are going to be the same. I think the only team that stood a chance getting if they got through would have been Ajax, and I think Ajax are now the team to beat in the Europa League. I think you have made it harder for yourself, because um, let's face it, you should have probably gone through as group of group winners if you hadn't conceded to Lille, you'd have gone through as group winners. Um, so it is a, it, and the, di- the difference between who the teams you could get is massive. If you'd have gone through as group winners, you'd have had such an at least an easier round of sixteen. Uh, not round. Of, is it round of sixteen? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The one thing is though, you, yeah, Chelsea can score a lot of goals, but your defence is one of the biggest liabilities yeah. around. Conceded nine. Kurt Zuma can be pulled apart by pretty much anyone. So more is a bit to an experience. Rudiger's still missing mass, like he's missing and like a massive holes are there when he's not in the team. If you face someone, if you face a Bayern Munich, you're just, you're gonna get destroyed. It's gonna be worse. I think fancy off our attack against worse. their defense. Yeah. To be fair, Bo's I saying. think that I think you're giving a lot of too much credit to a lot of these uh, big teams. I don't think you these defenses. Obviously, ours is not the greatest, but I don't think a lot of these defenses across Europe actually do stand up. And I think Abraham and Pulisic, if they turn up the likes of Georgina and Kovacic behind, I think we could give a lot of teams over two legs, you know, a really True. good test. And Lampard, he captained a winning uh, Champions League side. He knows True. how to do things in the knockout yeah. stages. We'll clip this up in about six, six, six weeks' time when you lose both your games and we'll just, we'll have the laughs. Well, the laughs will all be mine after all of the... When Ajax beat the, you uh, in the Europa League. After we win the Europa League for hey. against Ajax. If Sheffield United turn a couple more draws into uh, wins, we'll like be right, here we This is Champions League, We'll Joe. be Europa League next Joe, season. Champions League. All right, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, but I get your point, Adam. Worrying, you know, at the back, but I think you are writing us off, being a bit disrespectful. Uh, not Europa League level, like your side. I don't think you, you do score a lot of goals, but your attack isn't as good as other teams' attack, and your defence is one of the worst. So I admit, in the final okay, 16. That, that's fine. But the issue is, I think as we've gone through these groups, we haven't established one out-and-out team that we have got nailed on as favourites. Fair enough. We've all come with different Westwood ideas. Said, uh, Adam said that he thought City had a yeah, good chance. Like, so what, so I think definitely. City have a good chance. There's I'd no standout team. If I was, which means I, that it's if a, I was to put money on I think any team, li- I'd put money on Juventus. I think personally, I actually favour. Um, although I think Liverpool's defence for some reason this season has been a bit shaky, um, especially in the Prem. But in the Champions League, it's not been great. I would still favour Liverpool to do very well in this tournament. Okay, well that was thrilling. Um, any other noteworthy mentions, boys? Who's your favourite to win, Nathan? Um, I'm probably going to go with Paris Saint-Germain. I think, like I said earlier, they've finally created a squad where it balances the attack and the defence. And for the last couple of years, they didn't really have a midfield. They had an attack and a defence and nothing in between. They've also got one of the best goalkeepers in the world right now in the sticks as well. Yeah, great performance against Real Madrid. Navas, mm. if we didn't say it. Uh I think it's hard to look past PSG. Um, depends on Bayern's injury list. You know, if Lewandowski did get an injury, because he's playing every single game, admittedly scoring in them, but if, if he got injured, then 
where are the goals going to come from? You would can it, say Nabry. Would it, would it be a return to Thomas Muller? Mm, yeah, but he's just not going to lead the line the same way. So for me, I'd have to go with Nathan, PSG, and then obviously you've got Liverpool as well, who would be a threat. But yeah, thank you for listening to this one. Hope you did enjoy, and uh, see you later. See you later. It is now. It's four.